0: Amen. How many of you guys have ever seen the movie Bruce Almighty? How many of you guys seen that movie? Jim Carrey. I love Jim Carrey. Um, I love Jim Carrey really because I love the Grinch. Anyone love the Grinch? I saw the Grinch was at Disney, I think, the other day, or Universal, one of those two. Universal, yeah. And I was so jealous. I was so jealous. And I looked at Diana and I was like, Diana, our kids are going to love the Grinch. We're going to force our kids to love the Grinch. We're going to brainwash them. Anyways, I love Jim Carrey. I love the movie Bruce Almighty. I almost died. I love the movie Bruce Almighty. So if I fall and I land on this TV, my career is over. I love the movie Bruce Almighty. I saw it the other day, and um, I was like, man, I got to preach on this. I got to preach on it. I called tonight's sermon, not Bruce Almighty, I called it Me Almighty. Anybody taking notes tonight? Is anybody taking notes tonight? I called this sermon Me Almighty. Have you seen the movie? Um, it's the funniest movie ever. Like I, I, saw it the other day, and I was like, "Why don't I watch this movie more often? Like I should watch this once a week just to cheer myself up. Right? <laughs> like, something bad happens. Just turn on and it's Bruce Almighty, right? It, it's an awesome movie. I love the movie. There's a point in the movie though. It's kind of towards the end, um, and it's a remarkable moment. It, it's the moment where. So if you know the movie, if you know the movie, there's a there's a scene. He's driving. He's like, "God, give me a sign." And there's literally a sign that says, turn back. He drives right by it. And he's like, Lord, give me a sign. And like a truck runs in front of him. And there's like a big sign in the truck. It says, wrong way, turn around. He's like, God, give me a sign. He ends up crashing really, really hard. Um, and what happens is the whole movie ends up being just a split second of him going from the accident scene to the hospital. The whole movie happens there. And, and at the end, he meets God in heaven. It's like all white. And you guys know when they're talking to each other. And he, like, defibrillates his chest. And he wakes up. And it's, like, after the accident. You guys know what I'm talking about? Awesome. If you haven't seen it, we're praying for you to get saved. Um, <laughs> anyways. So, uh, <laughs> Jim carries your way to heaven. I'm playing. Um, anyways. So, it's a really cool moment where it's like all white. It's him and God. And then he's like, What do you want? Like, he's talking about his wife, or about to be his ex wife. And she's like praying for him. It's really like sentimental, trying not to cry. And um, they're looking at each other, uh, uh, Jim Carrey and God. And he's like, What do you want? He's like, I, I don't even want her for myself. He's talking about his wife, uh, Jennifer Aniston. Um, yeah, Jennifer Aniston. Um, I'm trying not to derail. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anyways, so they're looking at each other. He's like, actually, God, she's better off without me. You know what? I love her enough to let her go. I love her enough to see that I'm exactly what's wrong with her. I love her enough. Watch this. If she wants to move on, I love her enough to, to be happy. I love her enough. And and there's just this moment where where, where he... He, he makes this prayer, right? At the end, he does this prayer thing, and he tries to sound cool, and God's like, try again, right? And it's really cool, and, and he starts talking to God real honestly, and he says something really key. He says, God, I want to see her the way you see her. I want to see her the way you see her. And it's that moment, I think, that the whole movie hinges on this conversation. The whole movie of him wanting to be God, him hurt by God, him mad at God, hinges on this moment. Everything changes. His perspective changes. The end begins to come to a beginning once he realizes that life isn't all about me. Life's about, sometimes, everyone else. Life isn't about me me, almighty. It's about God, almighty. And I thought to myself, if I had to to preach a message to someone who's struggling, someone who's debating this Jesus thing, someone who's in church for a little while and they're trying to progress in God, someone who's just questioning this whole spiritual thing. I got a message for each and every one of the persons that I just mentioned. Whoever you are, I got a message for you. I believe it's a message from God that your life will begin to change when you take your eyes off yourself and put your eyes on God. The movie should have been called God Almighty, but it was called Bruce Almighty because he thought he could take his life into his own hands. And the moral of the story really is, this isn't to focus on ourselves, but to focus on God. Here's my first idea tonight. Don't give focus to anyone else other than God. Oh, if you could write that note down, if you could. This is for, for Wednesday. Come on, somebody. This is for Thursday, right? This is, this is for that car ride home. Come on. Don't focus on anyone else other than God. Don't give focus to, to anyone else. Listen, when I give focus to God, everything else will be taken care of. When I set my eyes on things above, I have a faith that outlasts all circumstances, all situations, all tragedies, all trials, all tests. I have a faith in a God that is bigger than all these things. i got to let my focus not be on myself, not be on anything else other than God. Listen to me. Too much Christians pay too much attention to the devil. Too many Christians are wasting their time fighting the devil when they should be fighting themselves. They should be talking to themselves the way they talk to the enemy. Some, some of us are in sin, not because of the enemy, but it's literally just because of our addiction to, to our struggle. It's because of our complacency with our struggle. It's because of our comfortability with our struggle. Stop blaming the enemy for the power and authority that God has given you. It's over the enemy, it's over his demons, it's over principalities. God has given you power to walk on the devil. And some of us blame our sin and our disconnection from God on the devil when it's really our fault. When, 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 when We're trying to fight an enemy when the enemy is ourselves, We're trying to battle the devil when we need to start battling ourselves. The enemy put the sin there. No, God gave you legs. You walked over there to that sin. You consciously had a mind that said, I'm going to do this. Listen, the enemy cannot possess you. The enemy cannot overthrow your will. If you are a believer in Jesus, anybody believe in Jesus? Hello. Yeah. If you are a believer in Jesus, come on. These things cannot overtake your will. Yeah. They cannot overthrow your conscience because yeah. we're son and children we're, we're children of a most high God. Sometimes the battles you are trying to win are impossible to win because we can't identify our enemy. I'll say that again. Sometimes the battles you're trying to win, you'll never win because you're just swinging at the wrong enemy. How many of you guys ever grew up with a lot, of, a lot of brothers and sisters, a lot of cousins? How many of you guys ever had a pillow fight with, like, a bunch of, a bunch of friends, cousins? Oh, my gosh. So me and my cousins used to do this at, like, church lock-ins. Um, it's hilarious. Uh, we we turn the lights off, and we'd all grab a pillow, and we'd say, hey, lights out. When lights goes out, you swing your pillow at any moving body. <laughs> and we had two different teams, believe it or not. We had two different teams, and it's like, yo, us versus y'all. And someone had, don't ever play this game. (laughs) Someone's job was just to cut the lights. That's just their job. we are cue him, lights. And we'd like stand like war, right? Like one line of men, one line of men, all with our, you know what I'm saying, like Fortnite, you know what I'm saying, just getting ready for battle, you know what I'm saying? All of us with our pillows. And the lights go out. And then I'll swing, and the the guy next to me would duck, and I'll hit my brother. Oh, sorry, man. And that was the fun of it, really, just swinging at anybody you see. And the lights come on, and you notice your whole team is knocked out. And it's just you left. That's when you just, okay, I'm done, guys. (laughs) Yield, yield, yield. (laughs) Why is that game stupid? Because we're wasting our enemy swinging at the wrong enemy. We're wasting our time, excuse me, swinging at the wrong enemy. We're wasting our effort. Listen to me. Don't waste your Christian walk aiming at the wrong enemy when you have power over the enemy that you're blaming is the reason for your loss. Don't throw the blame on the enemy. God's giving you power over the enemy. Some of us have been wasting our efforts, wasting our time, wasting our focus, wasting our ammo on the wrong enemy. Here's what Luke chapter 10 verses 17 to 20. You have a Bible? Do you have a Bible on you? Come on, pull up Luke chapter 10 verses 17 to 20. Behind me is the message version. Uh, so it's a, it's a different translation maybe than you. If you have a phone, you can switch it right there on your phone. Luke 10, 17 to 20, the message translation. This is what Jesus says, right? This is what's going on. The 70 came back triumphant. So Jesus, right, he has three, uh, uh, you know, Peter, James, John, his homies, like his three. He goes to the mountain of Transfiguration with these three homies. He, he loves these three, right? It's like the close, the close, close friends of Jesus. And then Jesus had the 12 disciples. How many of you guys ever heard of the 12 disciples before? Amen. So Jesus had three clothes, and then he had twelve homies, the disciples, and, and then he had and then he had seventy. He, he had seventy, and, and th- these seventy, he would send into cities two by two. It, it's almost like like seventy leaders, you can, you can call them 70, 70 just Christians, just full of faith, getting orders from Jesus. So Jesus he, he tells the seventy, hey, go ahead of me, right? And in this in this story in Luke ten. the, The 70 come back triumphant. They go into streets right, and they're going to homes, and they're eating with people, and they're performing miracles, and they come back, and they have a good report, so Jesus looks at the 70, and he says, listen, I got a mission for you, I want you to go into the off, of the off land, a place that, that we don't have territory over, and I'm sending you with authority and power, I'm sending you, not in your own name, but in my name is how I'm sending you, I'm sending you, and and listen, you will not be overthrown, because you have my name, you, you will not, you will not be withered, you, you will not be hurt, listen, Listen, I'm sending you with an authority that you will fight with. All 70 come back. And they're like, yo, Jesus, your name worked. It worked. We did it. And people are loving you. And people are repenting. And now they're following The Verse 17, you guys there with me? The 70 came back triumphant. So they said, Master, even the demons dance to your tune. That's the message translation. And NIV, it says something a little different, but this is the message translates something to catch your attention a bit more. In other words, I started speaking about your name and demons, they, they didn't know how to act. They, didn't, they began to tremble. Master, even the demons dance to your tune. Verse 18, Jesus said, I know. Why are you surprised? I know this. Can I tell you? One time I saw the, the enemy when he was kicked out of heaven. How many of you guys know Satan was once an angel? And And, and Lucifer? And, and because of a heart thing, because of a pride thing, he wanted to be exalted. He wanted to be worshipped. God humbled him. He kicked him out of heaven, him and all of his evil schemes. He, he fell from heaven onto the earth. Jesus is like, yo, I was there when he fell. I saw the whole thing. World star. <laughs> I know. Jesus, I know you got power over demons. And devils. You know how I know? Because I saw Satan fall. A bolt of lightning out of the sky. You see what I've given you? Safe passage. Oh my God, this is what God has given you. This is what the the Holy Spirit and Jesus has given you. Not a passage of just destruction and and, and schemes. God's not, uh, uh, you know, a young boy trying to pick on you. No, he loves you. He has a plan of safety. This is what he asks for you. Safe passage. Watch this. As you walk on snakes and scorpions and protection from every assault of the enemy. Next verse. No one can put a hand on you. All the same, the great triumph is not in your authority over evil, but in God's authority over you and presence with you. Not what you do for God, but what God does for you. That's the agenda for rejoicing. Here's my next idea. If God is for me, who can be against me? If God is with me, who can stop me? No demons, no principalities, no sin, no struggle, nothing could break me down. But sometimes what breaks me down is myself. Sometimes me believing that I'm weak can actually make me weak. Sometimes me underestimating myself can put me under some stuff. Sometimes walking with a mentality of defeat can lead to me being defeated. And tonight, God wants to switch your perspective. I send you, not in your name, but in my name. I send you forward into the world with authority and power, and if I'm with you, you'll be walking on snakes and scorpions every single day, unafraid, 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 unafraid. fearless, God hasn't called you to walk like you're walking on eggshells, some of us are Christianity, we're walking on eggshells, God, what do you mean? to know, grow in grace, I'm walking and I'm standing on my enemy here's the truth here's what the movie's about here's my next idea it shouldn't be all about me it should be all about God it should never be all about me my relationship with God I cannot be the focus I'm not worshiping myself I'm worshiping God that's why worship is a key to growth you know that even if when you don't feel like it, if you just start worshiping more, you'll start growing more because you're taking your attention off yourself and you're giving it back to God. Worship is such a crazy tool that will help you in your focus. It'll help you and saying, God, is not about me, but it's about you in life. How about we walk with that mentality? God, it's not about me. You know, when you focus on yourself, you start noticing things. I should be bitter. Because of what I went through, I should be bitter. And now that you're thinking about yourself, now that you're walking with the mirror on yourself, all you're thinking about is how you should feel, how you should react, how you should have said something, how you should do this, how you should do that, all from your perspective. But can I tell you, your Christian walk would transform if you stop with an individualistic mentality. It's not about me. I'm better... As a team, I'm better with other people. My life has fulfillment when I take my eyes off myself and start focusing on other people. We think, oh, I got to feed myself. I got to build myself up just, just just, just to feel better. You will find true fulfillment in serving other people. Jesus says it. The greatest among you isn't the king, isn't the prince. The greatest among you is the servant. I came not to be served, but to serve. And that's God's plan for our life. Listen to me. Don't miss out on what God wants to do by focusing on the wrong things. That's my next idea. Don't miss out on what God wants to do by focusing on the wrong things. Focusing on the wrong things. You know, you, there's such a power in focus. You know that? There's such, a, there's such a power in focus. Like, if you gave God some of the focus you've been distributing to different places. If you gave the God of the universe some of the focus you've been putting on different people. Just gathering. I mean, like, imagine theoretically. If you can gather your focus, like, push it all together. My focus should only be on God. Everything else is an empty well. Everything else. Put your focus on your family. You are not God. God loves your family more than you do. But you focus on your job. And now your job becomes your God. God gave you something good, you turned it to a God. And now God's your relationship with God comes to an extent because of your worship to your job. Whatever you elevate over God, God will eventually humble. Whatever you elevate. Whatever you listen, the focus should always be God because you'll just see things pop up and you say, Thank you, God. I'm not going to walk over there and worship it, I'm going to walk over there and thank you for what you're doing in my life. Focus is on you. Focus is on you. Oh, you gave me a job. Thank you, God, for that job. Because you know what? If I have it or if I don't, I'm still looking at you. Oh, oh, God, thank you for a boyfriend. Oh, yeah, he's all nice and stuff. He loves Jesus, but he is not bigger than my relationship with you. My focus is on you and that will make my relationship better when my eyes are on you. I can't tell you how many people I've seen in church God gives you. It's funny, because God God will put someone in your way. God will put an amazing guy in your way, amazing girl in your way. I don't believe there's one person ever in eternity for you. I don't believe in that. I think that God allows people to walk in your life and, and it allows you to experience them. Here's the danger. When your focus goes on what God gave you and you take it off of God, he would allow that situation, that person, to be humbled, and it will give you a moment. Wait, I should have kept my eyes on God the whole time. I should have kept my eyes on him. But a good thing I turned to a God thing because I didn't know how to manage my focus. Focus, focus. Listen, focus separates leaders and followers. Real leaders know how to put their focus Know how to move their focus. Pastor, I'm a leader. Oh, I'm a, I'm a leader. Oh, oh, I'm a leader. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, let's go. You a leader. You a leader. No, you're not. Where's your focus? Because focus separates leaders and followers. Follower, a follower that has no focus. That's why they don't know where to go. A follower has no focus. That's why he doesn't know where to move. That's why he's following others. He's so busy focusing on little things. People are focusing on big things. You automatically turn yourself into a follower. Focus separates leaders and followers. Focus launches believers into the right direction. Oh, I've seen so many young adults believe in Jesus, surrender both of them, right? You need both. You need both. You can't just believe. A lot of people believe in Jesus. You know that. You know the devil believes in Jesus. Do you know that? If I walk up to the devil, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, he kicked me in the head a couple thousand years ago. Stomped on me. It's in the Bible. I showed up. I know. Look, look I know why I show up in the Bible, right? Imagine the devil could talk like that, right? I know why I show up. <laughs> yes, I know Jesus. He kicked me. Jesus sometimes has more faith. Like, the enemy sometimes has more faith in God than we do. yes. Yes. Jesus, yeah, Jesus is is, is way bigger than the devil. The the devil has respect for Jesus. Amen? Amen. He has respect for him. Your your focus can't be on the enemy. Your focus has to be on Jesus. Focus launches believers into the right direction. Here's my next idea. Listen, bad focus can spur you in the wrong direction. If good focus leads me to, to life, listen, if I'm focusing on the wrong thing, that could spur me off in the wrong direction. What are you saying? I could believe in Jesus and still be walking in the wrong way. I could believe in Jesus and, and, and slightly I could change my theology. I could change my doctrine. I could change the way I see things. Someone gives a seed in my head or a seed in my heart, and I'm confused and I'm walking in the wrong direction because I took my eyes off of God. And bad focus leads me to the wrong place. Bad focus, can, the next idea, can derail your steps. You can be focused on God, and then you start taking your eyes off of him and thinking that this Christian walk is all about blessings. Oh, can I tell you there's more to God than just blessings? Can I tell you there's more to God than just miracles? What type of children are we to only love God, only love our parents and Christmas and birthdays? Come to church, God, give me a blessing, give me a blessing. God's more than blessings. Because his presence is a blessing. His son is a blessing. The Holy Spirit is a blessing. And he's given to me every single day. There's more to God than just blessings. And if you have, if you have the wrong focus, your, your steps can be derailed. You can, you can love God and, and begin to just go in the wrong direction. Believing in Jesus with all the faith in the world and walking away from God focus. I I came here tonight. Next idea. I came here tonight to tell you, MBYA, focus on Jesus. He should be the center. He should be the center. He's the initiator of this relationship. He loved you first. Come on, somebody. He He forgave you first. He forgave you first. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Somebody say all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Watch this. In all your ways acknowledge him. Somebody say acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. In all your ways, somebody say acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He will align your steps. Oh my gosh, the, the 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 crossway to your destiny will begin to sharpen up when you don't lean on your understanding, but you lean on, on, on God's understanding, on his power. I'm not leaning on my knowledge, I'm trusting God. In all your ways, acknowledge him. I want to change that word, acknowledge your focus in all your ways, focus on him. When you acknowledge something, acknowledge, acknowledge. I need to wake up and acknowledge. My girlfriend, I need to wake up and acknowledge my family. Some of you guys are brought up in Hispanic culture. If you walk into a house and you don't acknowledge the man of the house, a chancleta will come flying at your head. It'll curve around. Some of our grandmas, they could just curve the chancleta. What do you mean you didn't acknowledge me? You walk into the house, you don't acknowledge me. Any Hispanics in the house? Anybody deal with that? Anybody deal with that? Is it just me? Is it just me? To acknowledge is to, it's to come, show respect, show attention, is to show focus. And, and in Proverbs, to listen to all your ways, acknowledge Him in all your ways, not just Tuesdays, not just Sundays. I hope this church challenges you not to be a cookie-cutter Christian, but to love God really, truly, and intimately, to in all your ways acknowledge him, not just on good days, not just on church days, not just in Hope Group. Every single day, in all my ways, acknowledge and give focus to God, and he will make my path straight. He will align things in my life. Your life will suck if all you looked at was yourself. You're not beautiful enough. You're not perfect enough. God is so much prettier than you. God is so much more powerful than you. God will blow you away more than you blow yourself away. You know that? And and and, and here's the thing about being an American Christian is that we attach ourselves to our faith. I don't have faith in myself. I don't trust myself. You got to know that. Your pastor does not trust himself. Oh, you got to be your worst enemy. I know who my enemy is. My enemy isn't the devil. He has no power over me. My enemy is myself. I got to fight myself. I got to talk myself into praying sometimes. You know that? I got to talk myself into reading the Bible. I got to talk myself into being having integrity and walking into the light. I got to talk to myself. I got to encourage myself. I, I, I don't trust myself. Stop trusting yourself. You trust yourself too much. Put boundaries on yourself. Put put some things, I can't, I can't, I made this rule for myself. I can't be out later than that. I can't, I can't, I can't. Because I I don't trust myself. I trust God. I don't trust me. I trust God. You want to know why you're so slipping into those things? You're giving yourself too much trust. Start giving God all the trust you got. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Here's my next idea. It's just to switch that. In all your ways, focus on him, and he will make your path straight. You know what the devil says? The devil says he might make your path straight. That's my next idea. He he, he, he might make your path straight. The the Bible says he will align your path, but the enemy, even right now, he's saying he might do it. Don't really jump into this church thing. uh, Here's my favorite thing the enemy says, right? I love it because it's such a lie. And he still be, he, he still says it. You know what he says? Your past is, your past is way too big for your future. Your path, your path has no room for your future. And every time I hear the enemy tell me that, every time I try to lead and do something for God, there's these voices, there's this negativity. That he might make my path straight. That he might hold me down. That he might bring fruit. That he might. There's a, there's a might. And, and, and the enemy says, your path is way too big. Your, your, your past is too huge for your future. But here's the truth. As big as my past is, is as big as the road is to my future. However big my past is, is how big God is. And, and how big my past is. Is determines how big my future is. You think, you think, you think you have to curse your past. You think you have to say, I-, I got saved and I don't have to remember where I came from. I got saved and I don't ever have to remember how I used to think, how I used to talk, the people I used to look up to. Come on, the the, the way I used to worship, the way people I used to worship, things I used to magnify over God is beginning to change now. Things are beginning to turn for me. Some of you guys feel like that. You feel like God's beginning to change things in your mind and in and, and your life. He's beginning to change your sight and your vision. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not who I used to be. I got to show you where I used to be. I used to talk like that. I don't talk like that no more. I used to walk like that. I don't walk like that no more. Yes, I have a past. Yes, it's nasty. Yes, dirty. But I got a beautiful future ahead of me. What a God who looks at me and he doesn't judge me, but he throws love at me. And he says, listen, don't focus on your insecurities and on and on, on why you're not perfect. I know you're not perfect. But I still called you. I still called you. Take your eyes off yourself. Listen, focusing on yourself breaks you down, breaks others down, kills momentum, kills culture. It's distracting. The enemy has to just distract you and make you think the moral of the story is you. That's all the enemy has to do, and he locked you up. Thinking that your Christianity was just based on how you feel. Oh, I don't feel like serving. Oh, I don't feel like giving. I don't feel. Listen, we're not living on how we feel. We're living on, on our faith, our faith in God. I love this verse, Luke 10. Let's go back to the verse we started with, Luke 10. And I want to read just just eight, verse 18, Message translation. All the same, it says, the, the, the great triumph, watch this, is not in your authority over evil. The great triumph in Christianity is not your authority over evil. You know what the great triumph is? You know what you should be celebrating? It's not in your authority over evil, but in God's authority over you and presence with you. So, yeah, I'm bigger than my enemy. I shouldn't even focus on that. I should focus on God's authority over me and his presence with me. We have to stop looking at ourselves and start looking at God. My focus is on you, and I am tempted. God, like can, can, can we let our flesh talk? I'm tempted to look away. I'm tempted, I'm tempted to have a wandering eye. The enemy knows my, the enemy is, is almost presenting things in front of me. Listen, you know what 2019 is going to be? 2019 is going to be more for you when you focus on God with everything you have. He's big enough. He's strong enough. He's big enough. Holy Spirit, somebody says to someone, God is big enough. You think your situation, you think it's over, but no, God is bigger than what your situation is. Let's Let's end these verses. All the same, the great triumph is not in your authority over evil, next verse, but in God's authority over you and presence with you. Not what you do for God, but what God does for you. That's the agenda for rejoicing. It's not what you do for God, but what God does for you. Some of us, we're mixing it up. We're mixing it up. We want people to see what we're doing for God. We want people to celebrate what we're doing for God. Oh, I want a to church today. I want everyone to celebrate me, and I want everyone to exalt me because I'm being a good Christian. Woohoo! It's not about what you do for God. Oh, I raised all this money, and I gave. Listen, God doesn't look at the amount. He looks at your heart. Oh look! I've been to church every week. I've been doing. That's awesome. It's not about what you do for God. The focus should be on what God did for you. Here's the truth: when you focus on what you're doing for God, if that's your focus, at some point you're going to run out of energy. You're basing your relationship with God off performance. And you saying, God loves me because I'm doing something. God loves me because I'm serving. God loves me because I'm giving. No, God loves you because he loves you. And because of that reason, I now serve. I give. I worship. I come to church. I come to leadership development. I come on Tuesdays, and I might sweat a little bit, but I'm worshiping God. I come and I sacrifice. I come to church, and I give my all. I go through the awkwardness of inviting people to church. I stick it out. And I stand firm and I walk it out because my relationship with God is unprecedented on me. It's not about me. It's about him. It's about him. It's not about what you do for God. It's, what about, it's about what God did for you. And when you focus on what God's doing for you, you'll do more for God. Pastor, how do I stay in church? Focus on what God's doing for you every day. How do I, how do I grow my relationship with God? Focus on God every single day. What is he doing for you? Are you breathing? Come on, he's giving you a blessing of breath every single second. He's giving you authority over the day ahead of you. He's giving you authority not only on things that you can see, but on things unseen. You have this authority. You have this power. Come on, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, church, be reminded, we are running off the wind of the Holy Spirit. Come on, without the Holy Spirit, we're a ship moving nowhere. But with the Holy Spirit wind, we could go into places we've never seen before. Man, bring the Holy Spirit back into your relationship with God. Start making prayers, Holy Spirit. I need you to speak to me more. I'm more than a Sunday Christian or a Tuesday night Christian. God, I need you every day. I need your spirit alive in my life. Man, the Holy Spirit, they call him a blast of breath or a blast of wind. Man, what does that mean? Your life for God should feel like you're in fresh air. Should feel like... God is so good God is so fresh put the verse back up Eli and I rejoice why do I rejoice what is my agenda for rejoicing the last part of that verse what is my agenda for rejoicing it's not what you do for God but what God does for you that's the agenda for rejoicing verse 20 it's not not what you do for God it's about what God's doing for you that's the agenda for rejoicing. It's waking up every day and God, you've been so good to me. I'm going to be the best I can be because you were the best for me. It's God, I'm going to wake up every day. And it's going to be like Easter every single morning. I'm going to remember the pain, the bruises, your sacrifice. You died for me even while I was still a sinner. Come on, you gave me a pass to heaven even when I was running to hell. Come on, God, you loved me even when I didn't even love you. Some of you guys need to tap back into thanksgiving and gratuity. You guys say, God, thank you so much for what you've done for me. I'm going to rejoice in this, not about what I'm doing for you. It's not important what I'm doing. What's important is what he's done. Because it's what he's done that empowers me to do. It's what he's done that gives me breath to where I'm going.